and welcome back to the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. Today's interview features the very talented Maria Jose Cujan, also known as MJ. MJ is a junior art director at Deutsch here in Los Angeles, California. In this interview, we discuss a wide range of things, including where she's from back in Texas, her experience in the MATE program, how she deals with imposter syndrome. Um, we discuss how she breaks down a brief. We discuss her previous internships, and she gives some really good advice on book recommendations. Also, a huge shout out to Karina Brennan, the PR manager at Deutsch, for setting this interview up and being so helpful throughout this process and also afterwards. Just a little information on Deutsche LA. Deutsch first opened its office in Los Angeles in 1995. They work across media and use data and creativity to drive business change for their clients. They invent the future and constantly push themselves to innovate. They develop one of the strongest brand technology teams in the country, building everything from enterprise-level dot-com experiences to creative AI solutions. They built out Steelhead, a full-service creative production shop, to make more content more efficiently. They have a world-class branding and design team that helps big and emerging brands stand apart in the market and they also have a division dedicated to launching new music acts. Deutsch has one of the deepest toolboxes in the business and it's ever-changing. They can keep brands ahead of culture and deliver a disproportionate return on their investments. There are lots of agencies that look and sound alike that play the game the same way. They're not here to play the game. Deutsch is here to change it. Their notable clients include Taco Bell, Reebok, H&R Block, Budweiser, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, 7-Up, DraftKings, Patagonia, Foster Farms, and a lot more. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with Maria Jose Cujan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Um, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Um, you know, one, because I'm excited to finally um, step foot inside of uh, the Deutsch offices. Um, I actually live like walking distance from, from this agency and I drive by every day. So it's cool to finally be able to, um, you know, step inside and see exactly what it looks like inside. Um, and two, because I get to interview a really dope, young, talented junior art director. I think you're, first, you're actually the first art director that I've interviewed, which is definitely mm. overdue. That's fun. Yeah. So today's guest is MJ. MJ, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Great. And I just want to add that for those who are curious what MJ stands for, because I get that frequently, stands for Maria Jose, so Maria, Jose, together. <laughs> and my last name is pronounced Kuyan, because I also get that very frequently. <laughs> so that's exactly why I left those out of the introduction. I didn't know what to say. I'm so glad. You <laughs> oh, it's totally fine. I get it. <laughs> All right. So can you start with uh, giving the listeners a quick introduction of you know, who you are? Yes. So... As you have mentioned, my name is MJ, or Maria Jose, however you like. Um, I am a junior art director here at Deutsch LA, and I just accomplished my first year here. So I'm pretty new to the industry. This is my first job in the industry. Um, I don't want to get too much into the details because yeah. I know you'll, so I'm trying to figure out what else to say. <laughs> well, congratulations on your first year. Thank you. Um, so as a, as a junior art director, what exactly do you do? Yeah, so as a junior art director, I work with my writing partner and my creative directors to help solve creative briefs, um, and that basically just involves uh, concepting to those briefs and making comps and meeting deadlines for creative reviews with my creative directors and basically doing all of that over and over again until we come up with a very well-polished piece of work that we're proud to, you know, present to our clients and to the agency. So, 
Okay, so like, what's what's the process of that? Like, when, once you get a brief, what's the first thing you do when you when you see a brief? Yeah, so we'll be in a briefing, which usually involves account and sometimes strategy, uh, and all the creatives that are involved. Um, so they'll brief us. We'll read the brief. They'll tell us what client needs, what are the mandatories, um, what's the end result, and so we'll go over that brief and kind of just analyze it, make sure we get all the questions out. And after that, we'll probably have, like, depending on, you know, project timeline, we'll have, like, a couple days of just sitting down and brainstorming and just thinking out loud, you know. Just uh, me and my partner will just kind of read it through and just have first thoughts on, you know, maybe we could do this or maybe this would be a cool idea or maybe this is a dope thing we can do. Um, so we'll take a couple of days to do that, just kind of smooth sailing, nothing really comped out or anything. Um, and then from there, we'll start to put it in a deck so it's presentable to our creative directors. After that, we'll present said deck to the creative directors. They'll be like, yeah, that's cool. Maybe you should work on that. Or maybe this would be cooler if you did this and this. And so it's just a really collaborative session from there on. And we'll just do that same process over and over again until we have it boiled down to, you know, the ideas that we really are excited about and that we think would be good. Nice. Have you had any of your ideas, um, you know, be brought into the world? Um, definitely. I think right now it's a lot of, I'm working on a lot of, like, digital social stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of, I mean, I've already seen, like, a lot of my things, like, promoted to me on Instagram, which is oh, nice. always a weird thing to see. <laughs> yeah. Um or just like on our clients' Instagram accounts, I always see it there. So yeah, I've seen a lot of my stuff out in the world. Cool. It's you just mentioned your clients. What what accounts do you work on? So right now, I work on California Milk Advisory Board and AngelSoft, and I dabble in Zillow. Um, but previously, when I started here, I worked on Seven Eleven and Target. So I've been moving around a lot, but it's good. It's That's good a change. very diverse. Um, <laughs> yeah, very diverse set of companies for you know one year in that that's that's nice that's dope. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely worked to my advantage. It, it's cool to kind of flex my creative skills in very different accounts. You know, like AngelSoft is vastly different from Seven yeah. Eleven, and it's a challenge for sure because you know once you get used to one type of client and you move on to another one that's very different. You kind of get, you have to kind of almost start anew with figuring out, okay, what do they like? What do they gravitate towards? Like, what really sparks them with joy? And, like, so it's just, like, it's interesting to see how each one of them work differently. Yeah. I'm curious, as, as to your creative process, like, are you able, do you ever, like, work on two accounts at once? Like, do you, like, pivot between or shift between things? Or do you like to just focus on one thing at a time? Um, innately... I'm working on usually a couple accounts at once. Um, on, when, when I was on 7-Eleven, though, I pretty much just stayed on 7-Eleven yeah. because it was just so much work. And so I had to really dedicate my time to that. But for things like um, AngelSoft and CMAP, I can, I'm able to do both at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, but, and all that requires is like time management. So I'll, throughout my day, I'll be like, okay, I have a creative review for 
CMAP, California Bill, uh, tomorrow. So maybe I should focus on that instead of AngelSoft, but I have this AngelSoft thing. So maybe I'll do that on the latter half of the day. Yeah. So it's just like kind of, yeah, just making sure I, I organize my time well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned earlier, you're my first um, art director on the show. So I'm, I'm always curious to figure out like how people discovered advertising. Because I know it's different for everyone, especially mm -hmm. for a person who's into graphic design or mm -hmm. um, art like you are. There are so many different avenues you can go down. So, like, what was your path to discovering advertising? I like to say, I mean, I feel like everyone's a creative, right? Like, we all, as kids, draw and build things with dirt and stuff. But I would say, like, really the, the curiosity started in high school. Um... I was on the newspaper team, and we got cool computers with Adobe Suite on mm -hmm. them. And that was really the first time that I dabbled with Adobe and was starting to discover and learn how to use things like Photoshop and design, because those were, like, we, ha we relied on those to make our newspaper. So that was kind of the start of why I got into advertising in the first place. I think that really sparked something in me. And I, I realized then that I really enjoyed communicating and trying to communicate a message through design and art, um, which newspaper, I think, seems more like words than art. But when you're a photo editor or you're designing the newspaper, I still have to try and see, okay, how do I make people care about this essay or how do I make people care about this event that's happening yeah. and so that kind of like really kind of sparked that that sort of communication aspect in my brain and so when I got into UT I was like okay journalism that's what I did before and I liked it I hated journalism at UT wasn't my thing it was super boring <laughs> um but thankfully, uh, no offense to journalism school at UT, but thankfully, um, the advertising program was in the same school of communication. And so in that first year, in that first semester, I was exposed to that program, the ad program, found out it was one of the best ad programs in the US, and was seeing the stuff that the students were making, and I was like, that's what I want to do. So then I just set out to get into the creative program, which was kind of hard. It was very difficult. It's very competitive there. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I never looked back. So early on, you knew you wanted to get into advertising. Did you know you wanted to specifically work for like an ad agency? Did you see yourself on the brand side? Um, I think, well, the way UT teaches advertising, it's very focused on agency side. So we're choosing a brand, any brand you want to make stuff for, and you're making integrated campaigns for them, like mm -hmm. a multitude of projects. So I didn't really know client-side was a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything beyond just agency life. So I mean, up until I you know, got into the industry, that was what I wanted to do, and that's the only thing I really knew I wanted to do. But yeah. But yeah. So while you were at uh, UT... I know you competed in the National Student Advertising Competition. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? It was so much fun. Yeah. It was really cool. Well, because our um, the teacher who led that, the ANSAC team, 
-hmm. We hadn't been in the competition in, uh, I want to say, like, something like seven years or something like that. So our team was the first one to do it, to start it up again. So it was kind of exciting to see UT back on the map. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved UNSAC. It was a really great way to see how realistic agent working at an agency is like because she set it up in a way where we had our strategy department we had our creative department we had our account department um and each had you know a head of that department and you had people under you and the timeline was pretty crazy as well so that really opened up my eyes to like okay this is what it could be like and on top of that, it really uh, opened my eyes to how to work with different types of people. Yeah. Um, because NSEC, now you have strategy people, account people, media people, uh, creatives all in one, when usually if you're creative, you stay in, in a creative class, and that's the people you see over and over again. Do you feel like that experience helped you a lot with you know, your, your time here at Deutsch and, and your job you do now? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so for sure. Like I said, it... It really uh, showed me how working at an ad, ad agency could be like. Yeah. And it's not quite the same when you're just working with just creatives, right? Like, there's a whole other team that's missing from that equation. So NSAC was really the one opportunity that I had in college that really, like, made it seem so real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so after college, you go on, or maybe in college, you interned for TBWA uh, mm-hmm. World Health. I believe that's in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that experience like? It was very interesting. Um, I had no idea what I was in for going to a healthcare side of advertising. I think um, people are very easy to, well, the people I've talked to have been easy to just put it down, like, oh, it's healthcare advertising. It's not the same as, you know, the other big you know, DDBs and TBWAs of the world. Um, and they, and a lot of people shut it down just because it's like healthcare is boring. I'm using air quotes, boring. <laughs> um, but in reality, it's so interesting. Um, it's a huge challenge for sure. It's not easy. Um, people tend to think it is because it's just, you know, it's less complicated, I guess, than than, you know, working on, like, these crazy, big, huge briefs. Yeah. But it just, uh, it challenged me a lot to kind of think creative, creatively for something like a cancer treatment medication. You know, how do we get people to listen in and wonder and think about cancer treatment in a new way? Yeah. So that's really interesting. And, and TBWA World Health, too, just had, is a small team. So being a, being that that being my first experience, it was really fun to kind of just have my hands on every part of the project, yeah. and it was so easy for me to just turn around and talk to my creative director, talk, turn around and talk to whoever else for help. It was a very collaborative and fun small atmosphere, and that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, a lot of people who listen to the podcast are you know college students now or interns trying to figure out where they're going to go in their career. Um, so, you know, how do you, how do you feel, do you think it's very important for like a person to seek an internship before a permanent position? I think so. I think yes, just cause 
Well, the reason why internships are so good is that's where you learn whether you like something or not. Yeah. You know, I could have gone to that TBWA World Health or here at Deutsch and be like, you know what, this is not my thing. I don't want to do this, and that's fine. Because the awesome thing about internships, it's a trial, you know? Like, it's serious, and you should take it seriously, but at the same time, you know that there's an end date, and you know that this is just a trial. This is something you can just test out and figure out while you're in it. And then, you know, if you like it, then awesome. If not, then awesome as well. You just learn from it and grow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's rewind it a little bit before the internships. You were a MATE Fellow in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. What's a MATE Fellow? A, well, MAPE is Multicultural Advertising Internship Program by the 4As Foundation. And their goal is to connect college students of color and other marginalized groups to their partner agencies, get them, they have an awesome network that you can be a part of for the rest of your life, um, and generally just give you an awesome community to be a part of. Um, so that's what MAPE is, and what a MAPE fellow is, is just someone who was accepted into the MAPE program. Um, I am a MAPE alum. Let me see, what else about MAPE? What was the process of becoming a MAPE? <sighs> it was exhausting. Yeah. It gives me anxiety thinking about it now. <laughs> Just because, um, yeah, I mean, it's intense. So you have the first application, which is three, like three essays. If you're creative, you have to make a campaign and you have to submit your book. You have to have a certain GPA to even enter MAPE. Um, and that's just the oh, and the video, t- why you deserve to be in MAPE. After you get screened for that, next is a online interview. Um, my first year, they actually did live interviews with random partner agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would have your webcam and do your interview through that. And then the last year that I did it, they had a pre like a preset interview. So it would be a set of questions that would pop up on your screen. You'd have like 30 seconds to answer it, I think, or something crazy like that. Um, And they had, yeah, and it was just like this crazy, weird online interview. But after all that, then you get um, open up to other agencies and they select who they want to be a part of their intern program. That's pretty intense. (laughs) So intense. intense. But you made it through. I did, barely, (laughs) very, barely. Um, so what was it like working in New York City um, at that TWA internship? Um, New York was cool. I liked New York a lot, but I discovered pretty quickly that I didn't think I was ready for New York quite yeah. yet. Um, it was fun to be there with a bunch of mapers that helped a lot. Um, and like I said, TBWA World Health was a really fun, ex- fun first experience for me. Um, but I knew in the end that I wanted to explore more other areas. Uh, I am from Texas, so I'd been there all my life. I've never moved out of Texas. Tried New York, and I knew that California was the next thing for me. So when I actually applied for MAPE the second year, I was really, really hoping that I would get a California internship. And so I did, and I ended up really liking California as kind of 
and I saw it as like where I could see myself starting my career here. Yeah. 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 Um, I know a lot of ad students when when we research the industry, um, there are certain agencies that that come up, and you've been fortunate enough to work at you know two of the top agencies like in the country mm-hmm. between TWA and Deutsch. Um, so. A lot of people always worry about like the interview process. Like, what is it like? Um, what do mm-hmm. I wear? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's the culture? Um, can you just speak on your your interviews with the two with the two agencies? Um, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of funky, right? Because through Mape pretty much handles in a way they handle the inter the interview process. So I never really had an actual interview, I would say, with either of those agencies, Deutsche or TBWA World Health. So my path there is a little different. Um, like I said, I had those online interviews, but those weren't really yeah. with Deutsche or with TBWA. Okay, well, let, let's let's rephrase it. Yeah. Your first day on each job. Yeah. You know, what were your expectations coming in? And, um, and what was, how did it turn out? Like, yeah. what, what did you wear on the first day? Did you overdress? I think, like, I'm a big proponent of just being yourself and being authentic to who you are. Uh And I think agencies want to see that, too, right? Like, they don't want you to come in here, you know, dressed like a hotshot when you're just, like, (laughs) when you're just a kid, right, just trying to get a job. Um, And so because of that, I think I've always kind of dressed a little different you know I never came in with like a blazer and or a power suit like that's not really my thing um so I yeah I just kind of went in with confidence like I'm gonna wear this and I'm gonna wear my sneaks and those are that's it and that's what's gonna happen um true creative yeah well you know I have to stick stick with it you know I have to look cool I have to impress people here (laughs) (laughs) cool so um so now what's what's an average day like for you um, they're pretty different. Uh, like I said, it depends on what clients I'm working on at the time. But usually, I come in around nine nine thirty. I like to take time in the mornings to just settle in to my day. I don't really like to just go to my cube and start jamming out some work. Yeah. Um. So I like to come in pretty casually, nonchalant, go get my Americano downstairs, uh, <laughs> talk to some people I see on the way. I really like to catch up with people here. Sometimes I don't see some of the folks here for a while. They're either you know, producing something somewhere else or they're just super slammed on something. So usually when I'm taking my time, I like to talk to people and just see what they're working on and what's going on with their lives. Um, and so after that, I'll just go to my cube and either I'm glued to my desk comping a bunch of stuff, um, getting ready for a creative review, or I'm brainstorming something with my partner. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, you know, all the other things like lunch. I like to eat lunch outside. <laughs> I don't like to eat lunch at my cube because yeah. it's kind of sad. <laughs> um, and it's, it's good to take a, you know, nice deep breath of fresh air every once in a while get out of the building go take a walk yeah um yeah pet some dogs mm. oh yeah you guys allow dogs here oh yeah, yeah so many dogs <laughs> <laughs> um one thing for me like when i started my internship one thing that i like i kind of um i was as prepared as possible but one thing that i didn't think to prepare for was you know to 
the communication tools that the agency uses internally. Mm -hmm. um, so like once you got here, were you introduced to new programs like as a creative that you didn't work in before? Like I know you mentioned you did InDesign and mm -hmm. Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Are there like other programs that people should like do some research on if they're planning on coming into art direction? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so InDesign, kind of not as common now. I think the big ones are always Photoshop and Illustrator. Like those are the two main guys you want to learn. Um, but in my time here, I found myself learning a lot of After Effects. That's a big one that I've been working on and learning, too. Like, I, I didn't know anything about After Effects prior to working here at Deutsch. Mm -hmm. So it's been fun to experiment with that, and it's coming pretty help, helpful. Um, After Effects and Premiere are ones that I've been dabbling with a lot to make social posts and GIFs and fun little videos. Yeah. Um, so the programs are important, but I would also say, you know, if you're wanting to be a better art director, things that are physical are just as important, right? Like reading books is a big thing that I try my best to do when I can. And like not just industry-focused books, but, you know, things that'll, that are interesting, psychology books, like self-help books, like all of that can totally come to play in your job yeah. because we're a people industry, right? So it's it's good for you to learn those types of things and those different types of topics. Yeah. What mm -hmm. what what books? Um, what are some of your favorite books? Some of my favorite books. One of my favorite books is uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, she just she basically in this book just talks about how to work with your creativity and how you know that might. She just describes creativity almost as a human, like as a being that mm. comes to you and you have to accept it or not accept it. But it's fine to do either, right? Like mm. you, you might not be in a position in your life to accept creativity and let it flow through you and create whatever you need to make. Um, or you can do it and go forth with it and kind of struggle with creativity. So I just really enjoyed the way she positioned creativity in that book. Um, what other books do I like? Right now I'm reading All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. That's a, just a fiction book about cowboys in Texas. Okay. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it, it might come in helpful sometime. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I feel like that, that's all I'm at right now. Okay. Um, what, what have you found to be like the most rewarding part of your job? What's your favorite part of what you do? I'd say, let's see. The most rewarding part of my job is really just kind of seeing my work out there and see it touch people in some form or fashion, whether they just get a good chuckle out of it. Like, that makes me happy, yeah. right? Because, you know, people laughing is makes you laugh. Like, that just brings joy to you. So, yeah, just seeing my work even if it's a social post or a tweet or whatever, if it makes someone laugh or makes someone smile or makes someone think about something in a different light, that really that really makes me happy. Yeah. Okay, let, let's discuss the reverse of that. You know, what, what, what have you found to be the most difficult part of what you do? I think, uh, and I think I'm hitting this right now too, is um, staying motivated is pretty hard, I would say. Um, you know, when you're in college, you don't really 
get rejected, you know, your client isn't telling you like, hey, we don't like this, take it off, or, or, um, or maybe you, you like, it's just very different in an agency when you're working on something, you're working on something, and then in a blink of an eye, it could be just killed. Or, or maybe the budget just won't allow for it, right? And that really sucks sometimes. And so for me personally, when I get into that mindset and it just keeps happening and happening, I'm just like, just burnt out, like a little pessimistic, a little annoyed, a little frustrated. And it's easy for me to kind of stay in that, that trench. Um, and so it, I would say like, yeah, just staying motivated is really the hardest part and being, you know, just, just kind of getting that energy back to do the rest of it is, is hard for me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know, like, in the creative department, most of the time, art directors are partnered with, like, a copywriter. Um, so are, are you in the same situation? Do you have a partner? Yes, I have a writing partner. Um, pretty new, actually. We've been together only for, I want to say, like, two months now. Mm. Um, I've had three writing partners so far here, so... It's interesting. I, you, in college, you choose your partners. There's no one giving you the partner. So it's always interesting to, to have an assigned partnership and work through it. You know, it's, it's pretty much an assigned marriage. Like, yeah. you get this person. You have to get to know them. You need to, like, vi see if you vibe with them or not. Um, and then, you know figuring out how to best work together you know everybody has a different work style everybody does things differently yeah. so it's definitely a work in progress still and but yeah okay. arranged mm -hmm. so in your department specifically for people who aren't familiar with like the creative department how how is it structured like i know you're at the junior level mm -hmm. um which is i assume the entry level or mm -hmm. above the intern mm -hmm. um you know how what's the next step for you or what will be the next step on the chain of command and like how far up does it go yeah, so I am a junior art director. I am the bottom of the rung, uh, or of the ladder. Um, above me would be just art director, and then you have senior art directors. Then you have your uh, creative directors. And then from there, we have our CCO, chief creative officer. Um, and that's pretty much how it works. There's a, there's a lot of levels to it. Yeah. So as a junior, like, what's the bulk of your work? I'm assuming um, you have like specific parts of the campaign assigned to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's as a junior, I'm usually just uh, working a lot on comping things and just uh, concepting things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, fortunate for me, though, what has been very cool about Deutsch is I, as a junior, get to work on a lot of things that seniors and creative directors get to work on, too. So, you know, I'll be at the edit, too, looking at color for a broadcast or, you know, uh, doing visual effects um, or being on set shooting something. Like, usually those things are kind of uh, set aside for the more senior people, but because we're kind of, like, a very collaborative space here I'm able to go do those things and my creative directors encourage me to to be a part of every to be a part of every part of the process so that's really cool about this place yeah mm -hmm. cool um, you know back I'm gonna I'm like a um, very interested in like 
different people's creative processes. Um, mm -hmm. And I just doing some research on you, I saw that, you know, earlier this year you traveled to Guatemala and mm -hmm. like you've been in a bunch of different cities um, in, in the States. Um, I'm wondering if, if traveling for you is something that is inspirational or if you think it's, it's something that, um, you know, how important are, are life experiences for you and your creative process like that? I think very, very important. Um, my difference is my superpower and so whenever I get to go back and and connect again with my family in Guatemala I don't see them too often so when I go back and connect with the land connect with the people connect with the food connect with everything that really kind of inspires me to do better in my work and also be representative of of you know people who look like me in my work but Aside from that, too, traveling, I think, is is important, even if it's just, like, leaving an hour out of the city. I, I used to be a big, uh, like, outdoors person, and I would love to go camping and just kind of go somewhere with no Wi-Fi and, like, a lake and some trees and just be, you know, sleeping on the ground. Like, to me, that is a good way to reset, <clears throat> and I think that's necessary when you're in an industry that's just non-stop working, 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 sometimes I'm here until like midnight sometimes. It just has to be that way. So it's really nice to take a couple of days and just leave and, and just kind of reprogram yourself to, to come back and do better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you just mentioned you know, how, how nice it is to go back and, and see your family. I'm wondering, um, another question that I always like to ask people that I'm interested in is, um, you know, what do you tell your parents that you do? Or what do you tell your family that you do for a living? Do they understand the industry? Or do you just break it down as simply as, like, something? <laughs> they know nothing about advertising. Um, when I told my mom I was pursuing this as a major, she was just like, uh, what, is, what is that? <laughs> um, and... It, what's funny too is like my parents, their English isn't their first language, and none of my the rest of my family don't even speak English. So it's very it's always a fun little challenge for me to try and explain to them what I do. But usually my go to is like oh commercials, um, or oh publicidad, which is like like journalism, I guess. Um, so. Do they understand it? No, but I think they, as long as I'm happy and I can afford my lifestyle here in California, I think they're they're happy for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of staying on that subject, you know, as, as a minority in the industry for yourself, um, you know, as Guatemalan or as a woman, um, and we're in such a, an industry that has a history of um, diversity issues, mm -hmm. um, you know, have you had to face anything or what would you um, tell someone who is coming into the industry that's worried about, you know, if they would fit in? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. um, I think just generally, if you're a person of color or queer and you're coming into this industry that has been traditionally white and male-dominated, it's innately going to be hard. Like, I think you should come into this industry expecting road bumps, like that you know like it's not going to be perfect and you're gonna come across some stuff that's difficult and hard to understand and hard to solve 
Um, of course, it's not, you know, like Mad Men days anymore. We don't see all of that craziness, but, um, but it still lingers, right? Like, yeah. it's structurally in the industry, and, and as people of color and other marginalized groups, it's our jobs to kind of try and undo that. Yeah. So, um, so I would just, oh, sorry. <laughs> so I would just say, um, it's just, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. It's gonna be difficult. But my advice is to find your advocates, you know, find people either at your agency or at another agency that will root for you and that will, you know, give you advice and, or at least be there to be a person to talk to, to talk through your problems and issues and try and come to a resolve. Find groups of people in your agency that, you know, you feel connected with, that you think would understand what you're going through and stick to them and stick with them and, and rely on them because, you know, we're all here um, to help each other and uplift each other. Yeah. And I think it's that's one thing that's really hard is, like, when you're first coming in, you're a little shy, you don't really know how to go about talking about these hard topics. Um, but for me, having, you know, people to talk to has been a huge, huge help. Mm -hmm. I agree. I can second all that. Mm -hmm. So before we started recording, we, we were actually talking about um, what you did here at Deutsch for Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool that, you know, they, they gave you um, the opportunity or the, the platform to, to, you know, do something mm -hmm. to do, to put mm -hmm. together an event like that. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you did um, surrounding um, Hispanic Heritage Month here at Deutsch? Yeah. So... Um, so my friend and I were both Mapers. We were interns last year at Deutsch, and we both got hired around the same time at Deutsch, too. Um, we, we saw a lot of room for improvement in last year's uh, celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. I think we felt like some groups were being neglected from the month. Some people were maybe like left out of the conversation as well. Um, and then at a time where, you know, agencies are put on blast for, you know, celebrating something just purely for PR or for money or whatever the case, like a great example is like the in insane amount of sponsors now at the LGBTQ parade like people have so many issues with that and rightfully so like you're taking up their space without any really good intentions you're just there to be there right to say you were there exactly and so we just wanted to make sure that that didn't happen here and that we also included you know everybody from the Latino spectrum the Latinx spectrum so our goal for Hispanic Heritage Month was to move away from Hispanic Heritage Month in a sense, right? So making sure that everybody feels included, not just Hispanics, not just uh, like white passing Latinos. We wanted everybody to be included. And so we just made sure that in the language, in the visuals, it was just very inclusive of every person who believes they are or who feels connected to being a Latino, Latina, Latinx. Yeah. Um, and with that, we 
did a lot of stuff. We made sure, for example, a lot of the foods that we included for Hispanic Heritage Month or Latinx Heritage Month was from a diverse group of foods. I think one of the issues last year was like it focused a lot on the Mexican side, which is great and delicious <laughs> for sure. But we wanted to make sure that, you know, other people felt seen as well. So we made sure that we had, you know, pupusas. We made sure we have empanadas from all different types. There's so many different types of empanadas. Um, small details like that, that we made sure that it was very diverse. Um, and then we also had this fun panel that where we wanted to explore how being a Latino, Latina, Latinx in the industry has affected your work and how has it kind of been helpful in your work as an advertiser. And so we had a panel of about four people, I believe, um, from across different agencies here in LA um, who identify as Latinx to kind of talk to that and their backgrounds and what issues they face and what have they learned being in the industry for X amount of time um, and how do they use their identity and their culture in the work. So we wanted to focus on education more than anything versus just celebrating with parties and, and all that stuff. So that was kind of our goal. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's interesting. And that, that's very cool that, you know, you, you took that on as, as a junior. Um, and, and as a minority, that's that's like a big responsibility to, to take on and, and to own. So yeah. I commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what's what's next for you in advertising? Like what, what's your, do you have an ultimate goal or are you just a day-by-day type of person? Um, I respect people with ultimate goals, but I don't really have one. I think um, my goals are things I can work on now and things I can actually see happening Soon, because if I put too much energy in, in that ultimate goal, I feel like I'll neglect things that I can actually accomplish now. So, I mean, right now it's it's continuing to craft my skills, craft my, you know, skills as an art director, either with Adobe or just generally, like, concepting stuff. How do I get better at those things? Because I've only been here a year, and and I feel like there's tons, tons of room for improvement. Um... Or just uh, continuing to push myself, you know, like it's easy to just kind of get in the routine of things. And, and one of my goals is to just continue to think differently, continue to go outside of the box, continue to challenge myself to do things that I either don't like to do or kind of am scared to do um, outside and inside the, inside the agency. Um, so, yeah, and just keep pushing boundaries. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think you're for the position you're in. You're very experienced um, with a lot of different, you know, handling a lot of different situations, being in a lot of different places. So, if you could go back and tell, you know, your college self, your your senior year at UT, mm -hmm. um, some advice based on everything that you know now, like mm -hmm. what what would you tell yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, one big thing is uh, don't neglect yourself. You know, it, yes, your career is important and making money is important and uh, you know succeeding is important but if you neglect yourself and you don't take care of yourself first then none of those things will happen and college was just really hard for me in the sense that I just 
I wanted to get a job. I wanted to get a good job with good money because I just felt so much pressure to have to accomplish those things. Um, and because of that, I think I didn't spend enough time with friends. I didn't go out and do the things that I wanted to do for fun or just go home and sleep if I needed to. So definitely don't neglect yourself, drink water, drink, <laughs> eat the foods, um, go out, have fun because it, the, the things will happen, you know, it'll, it'll get there. You don't have to neglect yourself for that. Um, and then I think too, just trust the process. Um, I think like in trying to figure out what I wanted to do or where I was going to go, I just doubted a lot of things and doubted myself and like just imposter syndrome, just crazy amounts of that. Um, and so, yeah, I would just tell myself like, trust the process. It's going to happen. If you check all the boxes, things will happen. Um, stay motivated. Yeah. 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 Um. You just mentioned the imposter syndrome. Like, did, is that something that you have gotten over, or do you still feel that at times? I still feel that. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll always kind of feel that. It's, it's hard. I mean, I think what plays into that, too, is, like, culturally, my family, they just, and just in general, people of color, I think, feel like they don't belong in the space or feel like they're not good enough like their other colleagues to be uh to be as good as them like I don't know it's like this weird sort of gray area where I feel like we just never had that outright support like I never feel comfortable asking for things mm -hmm. I still feel that today I still feel that in here um asking for things is so hard for me and I think all of that just leads to the fact that I don't think I deserve it, right? So, like, imposter syndrome, for me, will always come up. And it's a struggle, but, again, having that group of people you trust to be, like, to help you snap you out of it, that helps me a lot. Yeah. So for, for people listening who are, you know, interested in getting into the creative field, what, what are some, you know, like... What's some advice you would give to someone that says, hey, one day I want to be a, a junior art director at Deutsche? Mm -hmm. What is some advice? Yeah. Um, my advice is to put yourself out there. Um, get out of your comfort zone. Be yourself, I think, is huge. I honestly don't think I would be here right now if I didn't stick my neck out and talk to people that you know, we're a lot higher up than me, and just asking questions, or just having a conversation, talking about art, talking about whatever, because in that case, you know, they got to know me a little more than just, oh, she's an intern, or oh, she's just a, you know, a new junior art director, um, and that will do leaps and bounds for you, I think, connecting to people at a human level versus trying to get something out of it is a big thing and a big part of that is just being yourself and and letting people know who you are yeah. so I think that's my biggest piece of advice yeah um, I mean is that essentially how you went from intern to um, employment 
Yeah. Um, like what, what was that? I'm actually curious for myself. What, what was that process? For sure. Uh, well, when I was an intern, I was like dead set on staying here. I was like, I'm going to get this job. It's going to happen. And I just kept telling that to myself. And I was like, okay, what steps do I need to do to make that happen? And one big thing was just talking to my creative directors or maybe even a creative director I don't work with at all. Um, and just talking to them and, and asking them about their lives and asking them about, you know, what are their goals? What, why do you work here? What, stay, what makes you stay here? And asking them hard questions, like, that's what really gets them, you know? Like, that's, what the, that's what's memorable about you in that conversation is, like, they'll think back on it and be like, wow, that was, that was kind of a tough conversation or that was a very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. I'll remember that person. Um, so I went out of my way to talk to people I was scared of and, and just kind of went in there with a lot of confidence and, and things in my head that I had questions about. So I think that definitely um, helped me a ton in getting a job here. It's just going out there with a big smile and confidence. Okay. Yeah. Good advice, good advice. Well, MJ, it was so great to sit down and talk to you. Thank you for um, joining me. For the listeners who want to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way they can reach you if they want any advice or anything? Yeah, um, well, my Instagram handles MJ.Kuyan, C-U-Y-A-N. Um, I'm pretty, f I've let anyone follow me or DM me there. Feel free to. Or um, you can email me as well. I love talking to people. I think email is so neglected now. Like, I love having conversations through email. <laughs> like, I'm tired of this tech stuff. I want you to email me. <laughs> it's, it's, it just seems so nostalgic. Yeah. Um, my email is my entire name. So MariaJoseQuian at gmail.com. Um, don't be shy. All right, Maria Jose Cuyan. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. That was a good pronunciation. Thank you. <laughs> I practice. What's up, everybody? Before we go, if you want to hear and learn more about the ad industry, make sure you check out our other episodes in the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, you can email academicspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to like, leave a review, post it on any and all social channels. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at academics, or you can find me personally at Justin D. Barnett. I'm Justin D. Barnett, and you've been listening to the Academics Podcast.